Hey, this is Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish. And I am here on the DMs Deep Dive right here on the Don't Split the Podcast Network. And I am here with my longtime friend, uh, Sharon Dudley. And we are going to talk today about how to make D&D uh, more accessible for the uh, visually impaired. Sharon, uh, would yes. you please introduce yourself? Okay, I am Sharon Dudley, and I've been playing D&D for 30 years. It's a really long time. And I've played champions, I've played vampire, I've played mage, I've played a lot of role-playing games. So hopefully I'll be able to answer Mike's questions today. And you've, you've recently, recently got into the, into the uh, uh, Game Master, Master seat, is that right? Is that right? You mean GMing? Yes. Yes, sir. I've uh, I started with um, my safety zone, which is kids, and it worked pretty well. And I've done a, a few times GMing for adults, which to me is much harder. <laughs> oh, so we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. I want to hear I want to hear some of your experiences on that. Um, so with every show, I like to start off with what are the uh, you know, I like to start off with like three tips that the guest can kind of uh, offer to the audience right up front. So in case nobody wants to listen to us talk for an hour, but they actually want to get something out of the show, they can get it right away. Um, what, sure. so, so what are the top three things DMs can do to make our games uh, more accessible to players who are blind or, or otherwise visually impaired? I would say you don't need the, you don't need boards. You don't need the, the grid boards. Um, if you just use descriptive vocabulary, that really helps. And the second thing I would say is um, for blind people, pictures aren't very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know that's sort of an obvious thing, but you would be surprised. Um, so if you can if you had visually impaired people at the table or a blind person at the table, you really, um, the picture is sort of useless. It's just a rectangle. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third thing I would say is don't use the words this and that when you're holding up things because it's very confusing. Mm -hmm. So, and sighted people tend to say those words a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, I'm talking about this, and then the blind person is thinking, what in the world? I don't know what this <laughs> is. What, what is, is this? <laughs> what do you have in your hand? So those are my three top tips. Right. Gotcha. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with another, uh, another, I think he's visually impaired, not, not fully, not fully blind, um, um, D and D DM. And he and I um, were talking back and forth on Twitter, and he brought up something that I mean, you know, you and again, you and I have played D and D together for 15 years, and I was embarrassed by the fact that he brought up this tip, which I don't think I have ever done, which was ask, like, how can I make you know when you come to the <laughs> game, how can I make the game better for you, right? What you know, because the reality is I might not know. Right. I think I think that's a great tip instead of assuming what you can do mm -hmm. for a person with a disability. Um, because sometimes we just do things in, in different ways. 
And I, I find that I love it when people ask. I'm not offended at all. And different people need different strategies and different different things. So you might have a person that needs braille notes. You might have a person that um, you, you know can really picture the grid board very well. I just have trouble with that. I'm more into the theater part of, right, right. of games and right, right. role playing. Yeah. As you well know, Mike. Yes, yes, as I well know. Our audience doesn't know, but I know. Yes, the audience um, doesn't know, but I love the I love the theater aspect sure. of, of role playing. Yeah, yeah. The storytelling. Yeah. Second the, the, the second story girl. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, that was so great. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, it's an inside joke no one else is gonna get. <laughs> I know, I know, get right. It. And Michelle will get it. So um, you and Chris also uh, go to many game conventions, right? You, I know you are you go to Dragon Con pretty regularly. Uh, we've all met up at Origins, uh, I think, last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so you've had a good opportunity to play in a wide range of games from a wide number of of game masters. Yes. Uh, what were some of the games that went particularly well for you? I mean, from from the point of view of 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 someone who's blind, you know, what 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 DMs handled it handled it particularly well and made the game really really fun. Well, I think I think some of the things that make a game really fun for me are the same things that make a a role playing game fun for everyone. Um, a good plot, uh, a great GM, somebody that is is really bringing the characters and the setting to life. Mm -hmm. um, there, I mean, there are definitely certain things that could help for me. I, I love it personally when GMs use music. Mm -hmm. I just think that sets the the tone for the for the game. And uh, I, I know this this great GM that that uh, that uses music a lot. Okay, it's Mike. Yeah, I was going, yay me. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and and other other GMs that I've played with have used music and. Um, I mean, it could be because I was a, a music major in school, so maybe that's why I love music so much. But um, I just think if it's lightly playing in the background, it makes a huge difference. Um, I think that um, if <sighs> there are certain things that definitely take away from the experience, but I think if the if the GM is really giving a lot of choices. Um, whether whether you're sighted or not sighted, if you have an idea for your for your character, and the the GM is is just having you roll dice and not giving you um, sort of the a, an open road to make your own choices, it that that detracts mm -hmm. for you know from my point of view. Sure, sure. Um, I think also. Um, the the pacing, if I, I, that kind of connects to what I just said, but if you feel too rushed, feel like things are are dragging too much, um, I sense sometimes that people are on their phones during D and D games, mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know a lot of the role playing games that I've played, um, and that just bothers me because. I'm really attentive, and I'm trying to follow the the plot of the the story, 
and when people are on their phones, um, and I, I don't know, I don't. You, you'd have to tell me how it is for sighted folks, but because um, I can hear when somebody's head is pointed down. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess I just I just like it when everybody is present at the at the table. They, they and, could be they could be praying. Oh yeah, I, I suppose they could they be could with their heads but down. But I think they're on their phones because I usually hear people. <laughs> Probably more likely. That, so. <laughs> uh, so I guess just having the whole group be focused right along like, with the with the with the game master. Mm-hmm. So um, because we're all giving up our time mm-hmm. to be together and play. So. Um, so be there. So yeah, be be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you brought up you brought up an interesting thing which I'd been thinking about. Um, I did web development work in early on in my career and still tinker around with the web these days. And at the time, there was a big push for web accessibility guidelines, in particular, you know, particularly making the web something that screen readers could read well, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just visually, you know, be visually displayed. And at the time, the web was young and websites were terrible at it like you know people were misusing a lot of things uh in 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 how they designed a page that completely screwed up screen readers and i came to an interesting uh conclusion uh studying it for a while which was building a website that's good for accessibility made the website better for everybody whether they were using those or not and you kind of hit on the same thing with the game like the things that will make a game good for you know someone who's blind or visually impaired makes the game good. Period. <laughs> like, I, you know, we, we want we want the same things. Yeah. I I think so. I mean, as as we talk more, there are a few. There are some exceptions. So, you know, for example, um, some GMs have a screen or not a screen, but a board where they'll put the initiative order. Yeah, and. Um, if if a GM doesn't tell me that it's my turn out loud or give me some sign that it's my turn. Uh, now, usually I can also watch who is going before me. But if the order is changing right. from round to round, um, that can become confusing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So what's <laughs> interesting is um, particularly with initiative, We've kind of gone through, or I've I've personally gone through different systems. So like, there was that Pathfinder initiative board that was very popular. You know, first of all, people used to write it down on a piece of paper, and mm-hmm. then like that Pathfinder initiative board came out that had little magnetic right. nameplates, and yeah. you could kind of sort the nameplates. I'm sure Chris has one of those, and um, people would use that. But the problem is that people couldn't see when their order of initiative was. Right. So we went to things like table tents or cards that sit over the top of a DM screen with yeah. the intention that people at the table could see where they are. But mm-hmm. if you can't see, we're just <laughs> as, you know, it's we're in the same spot as the yeah. Pathfinder board. So right. the, the, so, yeah. Yeah. So it just helps if the GM says right. your right. character name. I have to remember that. Like, I don't, you know, it, it again, never occurred, <laughs> never occurred to me that yeah. I should, I should say something like, Sharon, just so you know, Rob goes right before you. So when you hear Rob go, you know you're next. <laughs> you know? Well, Something simple as that could help, right? Yeah, I haven't had a problem at your game. No, and I've never noticed a problem. Yeah, you've you've always said, 
you'll either say like right now we're going in a circle or right now yeah, you pass out the cards <laughs> and then like somebody will just say oh you're you go forth in the order so and because i'm not on my phone and i'm paying attention yeah, right. yeah. probably better than probably better than most <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, the phone thing's interesting too. I've, 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 you know, there's, there's many different opinions about what to do with phones, and and I've been of the, um, uh, I, I, I lean towards the idea, you know, similar to what you said, which is people are, uh, you know, spending their time and energy to come to a game, and my feeling is like if it's their time and their energy, and they want to spend it playing a clicker game on the phone, you know, okay. But I do recognize that it can be just, it can actually hurt the experience for other people at the table, not just themselves. Yeah. If they're distracted and it's their turn and they don't know what's going on. So yeah, that it's a tricky thing to deal with. And I think some, some are more, you know, some have a heavier, uh, you know, heavier set of rules for that. Sort of like, hey, everybody put your phone in a jar, like, you know, like you're, like you're a biker gang. Yeah. And um others you know i i tend to i tend to let it you know just um uh, uh I, I tend to let people kind of do whatever they're going to do but that's that's tends to be my style and everything in life yeah. I mean, <laughs> when i've gone to teacher conferences um or workshops instructor instructor i'm sorry i can't speak tonight the instructor will usually say um you know look just try to be present here with me hopefully i'll be interesting enough sort of bring some light humor into it and i i like that approach but then also saying um you know if you have an emergency and have to take a phone call because we all have lives outside of the the game maybe i'm not I, sure I, I don't. yeah but i'm a sure there bit. are some that do yeah 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 it's so, interesting good point um, so what are some, I, now I, I've heard a couple stories from you guys over the years, but, but, um, I, I, you know, there's probably some other ones, um, having played in all of these games, uh, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the games that went particularly poorly and, and why and how? Okay. Well, that's Chris's game. Don't bring up how, no, how no, no, Chris I, I won't. He's, he's so annoyed. What? My husband's yeah. in the room, so I'm not going to, oh, he's, he's there. Oh. Yeah. Hey, he's Chris. here. Hi. Left. He's just sort of lurking at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, well, let me just tell you, uh, for D&D, fourth edition was really hard. <laughs> no, it, you're laughing. That's why are you laughing? laughing? I know exactly why. <laughs> because of the, the board was always changing and, and the push and the pull and... I was, I was, and shift and slide, and shift and slide. I was utterly yeah. confused. Yeah. It was, and I started not wanting to play mm -hmm. when, 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 um, you know, fourth edition was very, um, you know, in vogue. Right. I, I just didn't want to do it, mm -hmm. and um, and I think we did sort of take a, a break for mm -hmm. a little while, and we were playing things like Dragon Age and. Um, some other why we play Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Yeah, I was say, like, when did when did you, when did you guys start playing Pathfinder? Was it right around that time? I th I think it was. I think it was because I was having um, difficulty with knowing where my character was, mm -hmm. and uh, I was having other people move the the miniature, right. and it I just felt like I was really 
good at role playing and really good at at D and D specifically. And then four came out, and I I just thought, I don't understand this. I'm this is too much moving. I don't know where to go. I can control their people, but I don't want to control their movement. <laughs> so it was just, yeah. I I I just didn't like it. I I thought, um, you know, it it's just not my particular style. It, um, it wasn't many particular, many people's particular <laughs> style. You're not the only one. I, I don't know. I just I just felt that it it just wasn't for me. And not that it, not that you know, for others it wouldn't be a good system. Um, also, I was. I was discussing this earlier with Chris and we were talking about Cortex mm -hmm. um, and just the character sheet and you, you have um, different, different dice mm -hmm. for every pool, uh, you know, your pool and, you know, you'd have a 12 sided dice for, for stats and then you'd have a, a 10 for another thing and then you'd have an eight for this weapon. And, and um, it was really challenging to um, especially at a convention to play mm -hmm. my character and and Chris was also playing my husband was also playing at the same time and then I was well, every, if I can if I can comment on that after uh, on every one of her turns I had to read the entire character sheet to her yeah. right. because she had to pick an ability from each dice yeah, I had to pick yeah. and then yeah. Yeah. um so I mean I got I got through some of those games but it they weren't as fun and. Uh, I remember one time at Origins, I I felt really bad. Um, we left a game, and mm -hmm. it was um, I just remember it was a it was a D and D style game. Maybe it was just, just something a little homebrew and maybe based on a twenty sided die. But what what happened was um, the GM gave a a word problem, a word problem, and you really had to see it to figure it out. Right. And there, there were a few other things in that game, but I finally said to Chris, I'm just not having fun. Mm -hmm. So we apologized to the, to the, um, I think it was a married couple, GM and his wife and it, um, and we just left and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't them. It was just that, um, it was just too hard. Right. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I remember this story. And I think one of the things is like you asked, are there more of these? And they're like, yeah, there's a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't really sit here so, watching yeah. everybody solve a cipher. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, cipher is really, really boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and um, I was trying, my, Chris and I were talking about this. Do you have, Did you have another? Um, if, if something is scrambled or... Um, Anything that in that would include like looking at words right. and 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 moving things around to to figure out a code um, is tricky. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've I've you know I I tend not to throw puzzles like that into my game um, as as much as I used to. And um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why fifteen years ago it was it was harder. Yeah, uh, so, and. The uh, but one of the things that I've done since is that there's alternative ways to deal with it, right? Yes. Like you you can have a one can have a cipher, but there's you know beyond people that can't see it, which sucks yeah. completely. Yeah. There are people who just hate ciphers; right? they just don't want to do it anyway. And you're like, yeah. well, maybe maybe rolling a check helps you understand some of it. You know, how would you? But I, I think that idea of like, well, how would you have? 
thinking about it from from the point of view of a DM, if I took that cipher and I said, I'm going to flip this upside down and now they have to solve it, right? They have to solve it without looking at it. Mm. How, how would they do so, right? And yeah, then they wouldn't be looking at it, right? It would have to be, well, they have to come up with some other way, right? They right. Some other 20 questions. Clues. 20 questions, yeah. Yeah, right. like a room... Like a room filling up with something, and mm-hmm. if you if you don't get it in a certain number of questions, then you die. Wow! I just I went there, Mike. Mm-hmm. I went straight to death. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, you are in a, you're in a GM seat, so I know. I know. Um, scary. How about so so yeah so obviously like visual there, there's a couple of visual puzzles I've used in the past there's one called the mastermind puzzle which is based on the game mastermind there's another one you know so, the solving ciphers is is another one that I'm sure comes up are there are there what what kind of puzzles are there are there types of puzzles that work particularly well you know types of puzzles that you tend to run into in RPGs that you that you like well we we had um what's the Sherlock Holmes game that we have that I like. We have several. We have several. <laughs> but can you remember the Baker Street? Baker Street uh, for Sherlock Holmes. And um, you you get, um, you roll dice, and then you get a certain number of clues. And then uh, some of the clues are true, and you, you can find out which clues are true and which clues are false. Mm-hmm. But it's that one works for me. Hmm. And um, there's just a lot of role playing. It's sort of like deduction. You can, you, by, by yes. gathering pieces of evidence, yeah. you can figure out which clues are not yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. So I really like that. Huh. Trying to think of what other kinds well, of it's, puzzles. You're given a clue, and then you're given three conclusions that are drawn from it, and you're, you roll dice to eliminate those conclusions. Interesting. Yeah, it's that's a really that's a really cool game. I'm thinking about other. So you're saying specifically puzzles, which well, like yeah, I mean riddles. You know, obviously, I would think that riddles are a good, yeah, relatively know. good form of puzzle that we can throw into our game. You yeah. know, I, I always try to think of, like other things that we can put into our game that are beyond rolling dice or fighting something, or beyond well, kind of role playing. But but you know, you come to a big door and you want something that's keeping that big door closed that isn't a athletics check. Yeah, yeah, and um, riddles are an obvious one. Belllock. Well, I uh, trying to think like some of the things in Labyrinth when um, the you know when she's has the the situation with the knockers, I have the handles seen, of the door. I should have watched it because I know you reviewed it on the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I haven't. Um, just things where where you can. Uh, ask ask questions to creatures that that talk. I like things like that, mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out if somebody's telling you the truth or if they're lying to you. Um, which I never thought of, but it's kind of similar to the Baker Street game. Yeah, that that that's actually really so. One of my probably one of the the biggest thing that's that's changed my own my own game. Um, is that the majority of my preparation for a game is now in writing down these things I call secrets and clues. Mm. And I'll, when I'm when I'm running a game, I'll 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 you know I'll start by saying where's the game going to begin, uh, and I'll be doing this for the game that you guys are coming to on Saturday. Okay. Um, you know what are the ten things that you guys might learn during that session, right? And I typically don't put in 
lies. <laughs> They're typically true things. Yes. I could have false things in there. Right. Um, and that would be kind of interesting. Like what would be some false rumors? Now I probably in mine, I'd probably say like, this is false, but you yeah. know, you might learn it anyway. And, and that idea of having sort of a variety of different things that could or couldn't be true. And then being able to pick up the pieces of evidence that tell you whether they are or aren't, it feels like a really neat, a, a really neat puzzle. I have to, I have to think about that. You know, it, as you were just talking, Mike, I, I thought, Another thing that I really like is when the GM uses different um, voices. Mm -hmm. um, in my husband's game, we went to hell. Say, <laughs> literally, we went we went to hell. Literally, and um, my character was talking to a lawyer in hell, and Chris did this voice. Um, maybe I can get him to do it right now. We do, do it, Chris. Do, come on, Chris. We do. Uh, well, I, I tried to do a combination of uh, of uh, uh, of Christopher Walken and Quark. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what he said, Christopher Walken? And yeah, Quark. I have my own mic here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's okay. hear it. Well, what you need to do is process the proper paperwork. And I, I loved it. I can't. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, and get more cowbell. No, he didn't say that. But um, it was so much fun for me just talking to this lawyer in hell. And uh, I, it was, it was so much fun because I really felt like I was there. Now, okay, maybe I'm a little crazy, but. Well, that's why we play these things. So we feel yes. like we're there. I really did, and it was the sense of danger. Um, and you know, Chris was also describing the scent. And see, I don't know if people do that very often yeah. for for sighted folks, but um, I don't know. I think about those things a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Also, because you know, I'm a kindergarten teacher, so I'm also always thinking about how to make things very um, five senses for the kids. Right. So when and when I GM, I, I want to include as much of that as possible, sort of talking about, well, is it is it a windy day? Is it rainy? How does it feel? What's the ambiance? What does it smell like in the bar? You know, it's mm -hmm. just, does it have like a, a stale beer smell or um, I don't know. I, I tend to think of those things. Sure. So yeah, that's I, a good one. If you use that with your with your um, gaming group, it, it could only add that. Uh, the vibrancy and the richness to the game that um, a lot of people really like. Yeah, so th this is one of the one of the the, the the questions I wanted to talk to you about, and you hit on a good piece of it, which is how obviously uh, written descriptions don't work. Uh, so describing what are the things that help that help you, you know, quote unquote, visualize uh, an area. You know, if if and, yeah. and smell being a good one, right? Like that's yeah. a really good example of something that I could put in there. That's that that. Yeah. That's works. a great. That's a great question. Um, and um, I mean, if uh, when we were doing um, the castle, um, it's it's on the um, I uh, the vampire. I can't think of oh, his Ravenlock. name. Ravenlock. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, I remember one time, you know, you just described the fog 
and and you you described it in a few sentences and it was just such a rich description and it, you just were you were just saying that it was so thick and, and you couldn't you couldn't see but a foot I, I, I only did that so everybody had advantage oh okay and it was, <laughs> but but that kind of description that it was cold and and wet and then um and just the 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 darkness and the the feeling of um hopelessness yeah i loved that <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know what i'm saying i i'm just i'm just describing a feeling of hopelessness and how fun that was but sure but but it is fun when you could bring in as many of the senses as yeah. possible texture texture the, the oily slimy texture yeah, the that oily slimy down the pillar cold <laughs> um <laughs> You know, uh, and I think it was also a, uh, another game of yours with the wine. Um, was it? Was it yeah, a wine? Yeah, the cellar. Yep. Go the wine. On. The wine. It was a uh, like a, a wine pudding. Yeah. I think we called it a wine golem. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that that um, I think I caught on to it pretty, uh, you know, um, maybe even sooner than the other people because. Um, you know, you were describing the smell mm-hmm. of the of the room. So, see, Mike, you did that. Excellent. You, you did I'm it so glad I do. It. I do it just instinctively. Instinctively, <laughs> yes. Um, I think also. Um, so, beside voice, like um, the tone of voice, um, the uh, you know, sort of going louder and softer mm-hmm. and serious or um, you know when you're in the bar and you're having a good time and 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 you you know and you get little bits of like you know the GM will say oh and there's you know uh, two people in the corner and and they're um, you know uh, really listening to the music played by the bard and there then there are these um, you know boisterous um, guys wrestling in, in the other you know, at another table and and you know um you know just when the I, I like it when people when like men try to do female voices <laughs> and women try to do male voices mm-hmm. i i think that's really cool and mm-hmm. you know and it's hard to do but i think it just adds to the experience and and again um I think it would add to anybody's um, role-playing experience. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, just makes it more interesting. Yeah. And you're more, and then people will put down their phones. See, so that <laughs> to, right. to the first thing. Um, back in college, many, uh, many, many, many years ago, um, uh, Chris and I both played with uh, with a really great um, GM, and uh, he really did all of that. And um, he he really got into. I think he had a lot of backstories for a lot of the characters in his game. So they had a lot of deep. Um, you could kind of tell when he was speaking that they weren't uh, two dimensional. That mm-hmm. they were they were well thought out uh, villains. Mm-hmm. I, I like well thought out villains. Um, when, you know what I'm saying, when the people, um, have reasons for what they do. Right. 
and um, we've been watching. I don't know if you've ever watched Outlander. No, but, not yet. Okay. Well, there's a character, Captain um, Randall. Randall. He's he's really evil, Mike. But <laughs> he, but he's uh, to me, he's 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 evil, but he's um, he's really very deep, and he has a lot of um, different motivations for why he does the evil things that he that he does. Mm-hmm. So um, those are always the best villains. Oh yeah. Have you seen? Have you guys seen Black Panther yet? We have not. Oh, it's I good. want to. Yeah. I, I want to. Um, we've just been. Uh, it's another one with with a villain where you're like, I don't know. You know, it's not hard for me to agree with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think he's got. I think he's got good points. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will. We'll have to go and see it and then let you know. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I think as you were speaking, also sound effects. So I knew I was talking earlier about music. Yeah. But I also like sound effects. Like actual um, actual sound effects. Not like, I, not me making sounds with my no with my mouth. <laughs> right? Well but you like could. Soundboard. You could. But um, you know, there are definitely you could you can get sound effects like a crashing window yeah. or mm-hmm. a slamming door or footsteps. Um, and not that I want to add work for GMs, but it just adds to it. And if and if most GMs have their computer right there, and it's just neat. It kind of brings you more into the story. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never done it. I've seen a lot of soundboards, and I think like a lot of apps, a lot of, a lot of devices have soundboard software. And yeah, I've always been like, man, my, I'm, I'm too busy. I got too many things going on. But, but it's sure. kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, since since we're since we're doing this, we, I might as well just you know, say you know my. Uh, my game that would get top ratings, you know, would have, you know, the music, the sound effects, the the character voices, the the GM saying, okay, um, you know, it's your turn, Chardrin, or, you know, whoever I'm playing that. And uh, really, really making the whole story um, come alive right. with those things. Uh, I, I know that you. I, I, well, let me let me ask and make sure. But I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. You uh, uh, you, you tend to prefer uh, role playing. If, if we look at fifth edition and its three pillars: role playing, exploration, and combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you tend to prefer role playing certainly over combat. Is that an accurate statement? I would say it's an accurate statement. Yeah. And and. You are not alone. In surveys I ran, it was two to one over combat for almost everyone. Like, not, you know, not many, I, like, many, I like combat too. I mean, yeah. there's there's no greater satisfaction in life than, uh, you know, killing, than, killing than killing a hag or a demon <laughs> or or crushing your, your enemies with your sword. Or, you know, or you know, totally, um, you know, tearing up apart a, a minotaur or. Um, an abomination. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I love that too, but right. I I think that um, you know you could also play. Uh, well, sighted people can play a computer game for that. Um, I really can't, but um, you know, uh, but you know, sometimes if if I've had a really hard day at work, you know, with mm-hmm. my five year olds, 
God, I want to kill something. That doesn't sound right, Mike. I, That's like, okay. It's it's just you and me and you know, Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's only forever. No, no, no. I, I just mean that, you know, it's a stress reliever. It's right. it's good sometimes just to, you know, it's, it's purely fantasy. I don't really want to kill people. But, right. you know. Sometimes I'll just say, God, I really want to kill a monster right now. Right. right. And I want to I want to do it like in a couple hits. Right. So. Um, so so you, you mentioned that um, uh, the, the obviously having a, a board and a bunch of minis running around uh, is, is not that is not that useful. Um, and I, you know, having having been a a, a, a firm veteran of fourth edition. Uh, I was very used to running minis on a on a grid, and now uh, since fifth edition came mm-hmm. out, I've mm-hmm. been I, I now oscillate between them. Right, I use them both, but I I, I yeah. love I love theater of the mind for many reasons. I love how dynamic it is. I love how fast it is to get into it and out of it. Uh, I love the things that people can do in it that you can't represent with a mini on a two dimensional plane. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the aspects of uh, so so I know that you're you're what what are the things that really work well when people are running combat in the theater of the mind what are what are what are ways that you've seen that that work really well when somebody's running theater of the mind is that a fair question it's a fair question but then it brought up something that you didn't ask me okay <laughs> um can I can I can yeah I, start with your thing okay I cannot stand it when so, when people are drawing out rooms oh my god it drives me <laughs> crazy like, <laughs> it, it drives me absolutely crazy and, and actually mike i'm time. not i'm not even thinking about your game um That's because not. i'm playing like five games right now right. um with with five different groups and um and uh and forgive me ben's gonna know but i love ben as a gm but when, oh when, we, when he's drawing out the rooms I, I know it's helpful for the sighted people, but it just, for me, it takes so long yeah. to draw out that room. And I just think to myself, and, 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 you don't and, need this. Yeah, for everyone else, there's at least the benefit of seeing a room at the end. And for you, it's like, it's no different than if you no, didn't have No, it's no different. It's exactly the same for me. So <laughs> right. it's, it's really like... Uh, you who, just killed five minutes of my time. Who is stinking? And it's more than five minutes because then you know people are arguing about the dimensions and well, you have to draw this closet. Right. Oh my freaking! You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so um, but you said, so the question was the original question was so, what? So when, when people are running, when people are running, so theater of the mind has a you know in in my first of all, I think now that they've handled. Uh, encounter building in fifth edition by adding better rules in Xanathar's guide. Totally separate topic. Um, I feel like the one thing that is missing from fifth edition that I feel like they could really embrace and do something about is better guidelines for DMs to run theater of the mind combat. Um, You know, many of the designers that run D and D have said they run theater of the mind. They like it. Uh, Chris Perkins in the game. That's one of the most popular RPGs streamed on the internet. If not the most popular, probably the second most, I think critical role is pretty good. He runs theater of the mind, but they don't really tell you how to do it. Right. So when you've, uh, when you've seen people doing it, what are the, you know, what are the characteristics that, that have made it work well for you? And then where does it kind of fall apart? Those are excellent questions. Um, 
And I didn't prepare you with those either. So no, no, no it's okay. <laughs> I like options. I like it when a GM sets up um, a room, for example, and tells you, "Let's let's talk about uh, let's just talk about a bar, for example." Um, I like it when the GM will say, "Okay, you know, you you have your bar, and you have your um, you know." Uh, there's a gigantic open fireplace. Um, this fireplace is is so, um, you know, when we think of fireplaces now, we think of our fireplaces that are in our living rooms. If well, if we have one, but in 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 inns and castles, um, you know, a fireplace would be um, much much larger. Mm-hmm. So um, I I just I just like um, details. And um, when 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 the original description of the room is described, um, you know, sort of saying, um, you know, there's people playing cards, there's a bard, there's your the waitresses, there's um, there's the 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 cook or the the um, the owner of the inn, you know. So so you have options, and you can kind of approach who you want to. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That um and I I like how um I I think that I have the most fun when um you know during a a, a session when you're taking turns and everybody can sort of do their own thing. Okay, if you want to play a card game, you can do that. If you want to go and listen to the bard and and uh meet somebody, you could you could do that or you can um you know, even have a romantic interlude with somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a certain extent mm-hmm. in, in the game. Um, you know, the time that you let me, we saved um, um, when I had when I was playing the the large um, female um, fighter. Yeah, yeah. And then she saved the life of the the guy that was in the stocks, and right, then. Right, yep. And 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 how they kind of developed that that romance, and she said, "Well, you know, I just, you know, I need a man that's tougher than me." Right. <laughs> and then and then you kind of went with it, and you said, "Okay, well, so are you saying that you guys would actually spar?" And I said, "Absolutely," and <laughs> and uh, and you allowed that, and then uh, and then later we had our, you know, not you and I. I mean, <laughs> the characters you know, had a tryst. Yeah, yeah, the characters had had a tryst and then um i had to you know we had our 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 night in our tent and then the next day we just keep kept adventuring i I went off with my party and left uh left my new husband behind right Right. you had to take care of things in the house yeah Yeah. i love that i I, love i loved exploring that and 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 it was really that was that was awesome that was the uh icewind dale Yes. Legacy yeah. of the Crystal Sharks campaign. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, so we yeah. like to take questions from the audience. We had some people on Twitter earlier that posted some questions. Uh, we've got folks in Twitch right now who have had a few questions. Uh, and we have our guardian angel, Alex Basso, who manages all of that. Uh, Alex, do you have any questions for us tonight? Yeah, was, uh, we have a few. Uh, first, I'm going to start with one from Twitter. This is uh, from Jen at Pixelscapes. And she asks, uh, what's the best way to handle text-dense character builds like wizards or clerics who need to make spell choices on the fly? Is it just a lot of reading and memorization ahead of time? 
Sharon, what do you think? Wow. Um, <laughs> I think that's more for the for the GMs, the, you know. Um, do, you, do you find yourself gravitating towards certain types of characters because of that? Um, that's, oh, wow. Um, I love playing rogues, and especially now. Um, and I, I can't even tell you why. I, I guess I just like, because I like building personalities, and I, I, I like playing rogues that, you know, everybody's going to think that, oh, they're going to they're gonna steal stuff from the party. And I, I never do. I like to play opposite that stereotype. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I like to play the rogue hero. It's just it's just a type that I like. And um, uh, I like paladins. You know, it's. I, I 30 years ago, I would have told you that I liked clerics the mm-hmm. best. So, you know, you sort of. I like also playing things that I've never played before. So um, I, I right now I'm playing a, a warlord in one game and I'm playing a, a tiefling rogue in another game. And I'm playing um, uh, a paladin mm-hmm. in one of your games. Well, how, do you, how do you memorize yeah. your paladin spells, though? Um, I just have them memorized. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, for me personally, I'm not that into uh, playing wizards. But you could you could braille the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you could. And it would depend on your level of commitment to the game. Right. Just, just like anything. It yeah, like a, a cleric in particular would be tough, it would seem like, because you have to memorize every spell. <laughs> like, it's not even the yeah. ones that you're going to prepare. Um, you know, you could... You could or at least them. get the gist of them all, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you used Jaws, you could have it That's on... Screen oh, it's a screen reader, Sorry. Um, so it's talking to you. So if you had, ah, uh, yeah. you know, one earphone in and you needed to quickly, it would just, it would just depend. Like, are you really tech savvy? You know, if you, if you had a phone that talked to you, you could use that. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm older, so I'm not as tech sa- savvy as, um, you know, some of the younger people that I play with. But um, I would probably braille my spells when I. When I GM, if I want notes, I just braille them. Right. So I hope that answers that question. It does. Yeah. And um, one of the things I had heard from, um, uh, I, I, I can't remember if the same person or, or, or another another DM or GM uh, who's visually impaired who said that, uh, and this is a shameless plug for D&D Beyond, uh, I am now officially a D&D Beyond shill. Um, D&D Beyond is the web version of all of the D&D books. And they are not just in PDF. They're actually in text and HTML. And what this other DM said is that that made the game go from inaccessible for a DM to accessible. Okay. Like now as a DM, he's like, finally, I can read stat blocks for monsters. <laughs> like I couldn't before. Oh, yeah. So, um, That's great. So that, was, that was sort of a, you know, probably not unintended, but a, a, it was an effect of D&D Beyond that, that many of us didn't consider, right? Mm-hmm. That, that suddenly there's people who could not, you know, because you get a monster manual, it's 300 pages. And yeah. It's not in any accessible format. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, what other questions do you have? Okay, one from James and Tricasso in Twitch. 
How is he allowed? Is he allowed to ask questions? Yeah, he, can he get got. He got every now and then. He got the filter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he he All happened right. to get through. He is uh, the boss. Go ahead and let him. Uh, how can digital tools be accessible for everyone? Huh? Well, and you started answering that, Mike. A little, yeah. So, but you've you've been playing in other ones, particularly in Pathfinder. Are there what what tools have helped you navigate Pathfinder? Oh, that's a that's a fabulous question. Um, so I have to be honest. Um, I don't use don't don't laugh at me, please. I'm afraid to say this. I don't use screen readers. I use my husband to read. That is the most expensive <laughs> screen reader. <laughs> I know, I know. I I feel really bad saying that, but um, because I I work full time and I'm also going to school, um, I just don't have. I mean, I want to play, and for me, it's just and and I like I do apologize for saying that. Um, you know, I I could be a lot more independent with screen readers, but um, yeah, I use I use my husband because we both play the Indian. I just say. You know, um, I, I want to hear about this monster, or I want to hear about that. Um, and uh, and he's so wonderful that he'll read whatever I want. Yeah, one of the one of the things. So um, you were on um, uh, tabletop babble with with a uh, friend of the show and the previous uh, questioner, James Indracasso. And you know, I've known you guys fifteen years, and we've been playing forever. And I didn't. There was a there was an aspect of your relationship that I didn't know about. Which is that when you were in college and you were, uh, uh, you know, da dating folks, one of the requirements was that they had to be a role playing gamer. <laughs> like you, you're like, I don't, I don't want to marry just, I don't want to go out with just anybody. It's got to be a, a, a role playing. Yeah, yeah. It really was. It was just because it was a passion, and I, sure. I felt so strongly about it that, um, yeah, I think, I think everybody that I, that I dated. In, mm -hmm. in college actually either played or was a GM. Yeah, well, as a as someone who has also married a uh, heavy role-playing uh, role-playing addict, uh, yeah. we know how good that can be. <laughs> it's, it can be very good, yes. Yeah. Alex, what are the questions you have? Okay, here's one from Shortman Ian in Twitch. What easy accommodations do DMs overlook? What is the simplest thing they can do to make their tables more inclusive? Oh, that's a really good question. I think it is too. Um, going back to um, the very beginning, um, very very simple. Just say the person's name. I I have trouble sometimes in a group mm. of people. I don't always know if somebody's look for sighted people. You know somebody's talking to you when they look at you, but I can't see that. So right. if somebody's asking, so what do you think? How does a blind person know if that person's? So what do you think? Are they talking to you? Are they talking to the person to the left of you? Are they talking to the person to the right of you? Are they talking to their wife? Are they talking to their kid? They talk they to themselves. Talking... Yeah. They could be talking... <laughs> so what do you think? I don't know. What, what do, do I think? think? But um, just simply saying the person's name or or a character name. That's really good. Yeah. And you just have to practice doing that. But it's a really easy, quick, you know, quick fix that will make the person feel um, so much more at ease. That's really good. Yeah, and you're right. Like, I mean, you know, thinking back on it, yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's hard because it's like an instinct, you know, mm -hmm. wired into us that you know when we make eye contact, that's sort of yeah. a connection that's there, and it's not there. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's that's a really interesting thing to be more conscious well, of. And, and I know okay. that sighted people have difficulty when you go into Starbucks now and somebody's like, hi, how are you? And, yeah. and, and, and sighted people have told me they don't, when, when they have the ear thing, yeah. so I'm talking about, and, and uh, I have been with um, sighted guides and I've said, are they talking to us? And the, and the person I'm with says, I don't think so. <laughs> they don't know either. <laughs> they don't know either. I yeah. think they're on their phone and they're, yeah. And then they'll say, yeah, they're on their phone. Yeah. So, and usually if you wait a moment, you know, um, you'll find out, but right. it just makes it so much easier when you're, and, you, and there's usually. also that connection too, when you say the character name of the person, um, that draws you into the story because then you feel more like the character. Mm -hmm. So it's helping in several ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what else do you have? Okay, I'm going to ask one more from Twitter. And this was from Richard J. Compton. He, just a simple question. He wants to know what was your first D&D &D memory? Mine. Um, Chris is laughing um, because I... I I, I still, it was a bad one. Um, <laughs> oh no! I I I was I was very young and I was playing with a whole group of guys and I. Uh, I don't like this story already. And I knew very no 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 it's nothing bad it's nothing <laughs> bad. I I was playing um, a cleric and I had a very rich backstory, and um, at the time, um, in in this guy's world, all the gods were dead. Um, but, but my character had such a strong belief in her God that, um, she turned her back on a whole, um, army of, um, hobgoblins and, and they shot her and she really thought that she would survive. Um, that she did die. Now she was, she was brought back later on, but I think that's, uh, and I can't believe I did that, you know, like looking back. Um, it was really great for, for role-playing purposes, um, but I just embarrassed myself so bad. And I, you know, I wish there was a TARDIS that I could just hop in, <laughs> go back to that game and, and, and be the player that I am now and just like, you know, really, um, you know, you know, sort of like when you say there's really no right or wrong. In D D, but there are things that Sometimes. get super embarrassing. There's things that are real close to wrong. Yeah, I mean, everything. Yeah, when everybody's got stories like that, right? Like my my first D D campaign that I ran, I had two. Uh, G, I was the DM, and I had two characters that I controlled who got all the stuff. Yeah. Right. Like that's just it's like the default of awful, right? Yeah. And and Mike Merles talks about how. The, his DM, his D and D campaign was them going through the monster manual from A to Z. Oh my gosh! So every, you know, like everybody's got these these stories of, wow. you know, or like we didn't have a D twenty, so we just rolled a D twelve the whole time, and none of us knew why we could never hit anything. Oh my gosh! You know? So all that, all that kind of, you oh. know, just it's just yeah, it's great stuff. That's... Everybody's got bad. Everybody's got stories of their first RPG yeah. experience. So. I, mean, I, I bet I you. I wonder, and and I've been fascinated. My one of, of my many recent obsessions, my obsession with the, the the shifting demographics and the shifting attention that D and D is getting these days, and I wonder if we're going to see stories like that because now there's so many examples of D and D that people can watch before they ever start to think about running it that they're gonna 
they're going to get past some of these things where like, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Right. <laughs> like no one knew what the hell they're doing. Well, now there's lots of examples people can look at before they start that we never had. See, but the, the crazy thing is, is that now I would do that purposely, but I would do it with the, with, with knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would, I would, I would, I would do it to be playing kind of, um, such a, a a believer, you know, almost a um, oh, what's the word when you're really um, very zealot. very, yeah, zealot. I mean, and she was just a zealot, and, and and at the time, I remember the god too. It was Isis. I ah. I totally believed in Isis, and I just I had full a hundred percent faith, and uh, I actually brought the god back to life once once my character came back to life, mm-hmm. um, and it was crazy, but. Yeah, I, I I wish I could just go back and apologize to all the guys <laughs> sitting at the table and go, look, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know anything then. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a much better player now. Right, right. Yeah. I do, but I do crazy stuff now too, and uh, oh, it's always you know, great, my my husband could definitely uh, swear to that that I do crazy <laughs> stuff. Alex, we have time for one more question. I think that's pretty much it for for this week. All right. Uh, let me see if I've got any any final questions. Let me go in my my little list here. We talked about that uh, visualizing. Uh, yeah. I, let me let me ask one last question. Um, you mentioned. Oh my God. There's a alarm going off, and I don't know where my phone is. There it is. Sorry about that. So um, great sound effect, Mike. Yeah, I know. I like that's, that. That's how pros do it. Yeah. So. Um, not that you're not a pro. I bet you have phones that go off all the time in your games and your in your shows. Um, just dogs. Just dogs. Just dogs. Yeah. I have that too. Just our two dogs. Yeah. Um, you mentioned core. Like I, I thought it was actually fascinating. I'm not. A, you know, I have friends that have worked on Cortex, and and I'm very sorry to say it, but I'm not a fan of Cortex either for a lot of the not not exactly the same reasons, but one of my reasons is like here's all these really articulate dice you ought to roll, and really we're just taking the top two. So I, I pretty much could have rolled anything. Um, and uh, so that was, but it was interesting to hear like why Cortex as a system doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, are, there, are there game systems that you've played that worked particularly well for you? Maybe maybe better than, than D&D 5e or Pathfinder? Um, Dragon Age. And yeah. uh, what's, the, what's the Q one? Um, Quags. Quags. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, quick ass gaming system. Quick ass gaming huh. system, but it was it's just. Kinda, it's kind of like fate. Yeah, it's, it, it is kind of like fate. Yeah, fate, and we, fate would seem like one that would work particularly well, but it wasn't. Yeah, sure if that was. Yeah, good. fate is lovely. I, yeah. I love fate. Um, you know, I can really, you know, I've been doing this for a, a really long time. I think, I think, sort of the the guideline is, um, know know your character sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I, I can go to a con and if Chris reads me the character sheet once, what's, what's the easiest is if there are not tons and tons and tons of numbers. Right. Does that make sense? Because it's hard to hold, um, you know, I can hold the stats in my head pretty easily, but, um, uh, if I have to hold those seven numbers and then, um, you know, um, you know, 10 more numbers that becomes really hard. Um, but I can remember, you know, like, okay, my skills are this, um, uh, we, we played something, it was the last, I think we played it with you, Mike. Is it that crazy-ass German RPG? Yes. I do, I remember it. Oh, the Dark Eye. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, and I, I think the role playing was fun for me, but the dice part was when when the rules become too crazy and complex. So mm -hmm. that's what I want to stay away from. Right. When I when I but I, I do like to try new games. Uh champions can sometimes be a little bit um Chris is laughing. Daunting. What, why are you laughing, Chris? That's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of numbers. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a lot of numbers. You and I know I know you and Chris and you know I I, I I go to I go to Chris. I have two friends, my you know, Chris and my friend James Grimmel, who are my 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 Pathfinder guys, right? Like when I want to know what the hell's going on in the world of Pathfinder, there's the ones I hit up about it. And Pathfinder, I've always felt, is a very mechanics heavy RPG. Now see, I I don't I don't really have a problem. Yeah. With Pathfinder, mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm not bashing it, you know. It's, it's right, I'm, sure. It's there, yeah. Um, but I, I like, um, you know, I haven't had a, I didn't have a problem with, um, I didn't have a problem with the White Wolf games, um, uh, uh, Shadowrun, uh, I could, I could play, mm. um, um. You know, pretty much, yeah, I would go with that rule that if there aren't tons and tons of numbers on the sheet, mm -hmm. um, uh, and if there if there are characteristics or a personality type, Chris just reads it to me, I have that in my head, and I'm very good to go. And, and as you say, having, having, you know, 30 years of RPG experience, you're, you know, a lot of time you can, you can gauge it and immediately tell what it <laughs> what you're going to yeah. need to worry about with the game absolutely and i yeah. know what i can play too yeah. i mean now that i've been doing it for so long um chris and i sat down at a game and it was a star wars type of game and and there were a bunch of characters and it was like um somebody that used the force a a a, a, a droid a protocol um a protocol droid. I'm sorry, I reversed it. And then they said that there was a character sort of like Kaylee. And Chris put the character that was like Kaylee to the side. And he goes, I already know what you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, I, I think we said that during the during another podcast. But, you know, um, we've been playing together now, I think, for as long as I've been, you know, 30 years. So yeah. he he sort of knows what I like to play. Right. So. Uh, that's but uh, he, it's also nice to, I can play by myself, but I just enjoy playing with my husband. Sure. Yep. I'm the, I'm the same way with Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just remember when we played last year, that whole Red series of um, Pathfinder Adventures, D&D, mm -hmm. &D, at Origins. When we oh, were, yeah. When we had the private table yeah. upstairs. Yeah. Um, and, great. and, you know, cause you asked which games were hard. Um, that was a hard one, but not because I was blind. Right. <laughs> none of us said, oh yeah, none of us had a particularly great time. So scripted. So yeah. I guess that's, that's another thing is, you know, scripted games. Well, that, yeah, actually that, that, that brings up sort of that very example. I really felt like that whole series of adventures, uh, was built to throw, "Quote unquote balanced or challenging encounters at people and story be damned what's between them." Yeah, and, and that's like, why I didn't I, like the it. story I had in my head about the direction it was going to go was so much better than what actually happened. I, so, <laughs> I was like, so are you kidding? 
You had the Red Wizards of Fae as potential villains, and you made it some hags. Yeah. <laughs> hags yeah. in the basement that we never even heard of. Right. Ah! It was yeah. so confusing. It really was. That was too bad. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, Mike, that you should write your own version of that and then, you know. Of oh, that adventure? Yeah. My, my docket's full. <laughs> I got I got my own adventures to write. <laughs> Sharon, this has been an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I learned a lot. Uh, I, 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 I bet the people that watched and will watch in the future have learned a lot. Oh, I hope so. Where where can people find you? Where where, where what would you like to what would you like to pitch? Um, our podcast, Dragon Reel. Dragon Reel. Where where can people find it? Is it on the iTunes? It's on yes, yes it's on iTunes. Dragon Reel checking. with two E's. Or Stitcher. Or Stitcher. Or, or Dragonreel.com. Dragonreel.com. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Well, thank and you so it, much for coming on the show. And What's, can I just give it one more plug yeah. that it's for yeah. fantasy oh, movies? Please. Yeah, so we're really into fantasy, and and we um, we talk about fantasy movies on the podcast. Yeah, and it's okay that uh, well, it's kind of okay that Chris didn't like Excalibur. I my husband's insane. Who doesn't like Excalibur? Doesn't like Excalibur. That I was really another. That was another thing. If you if you were he I lied. Can forgive, when we got I can forgive that. Yeah, he told been me together, that he liked it. Been together a long time. I can I can, <laughs> yeah, I can withstand that. Yeah. Um. Alex, thank you so much for uh, uh, producing the show and getting everything together and wrangling the whole thing. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody on Twitch that uh, that, that came out to watch. And uh, thanks to everybody that will watch and listen to it in the future. Uh, and that will end uh, this episode of the DM's Deep Dive. Thank you all. All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming out and watching tonight. We'll be back streaming tomorrow night at 1030 Eastern with Adventure Maiden. So make sure to check that out. Uh, otherwise, have a great night, everyone.